Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Don't Quote Me. I'm your host Orla Condon and this week I'm joined by podcaster, pop culture obsessive and yes, our producer Cassie Delaney. Coming up on today's show, Philip Schofield confirmed his departure from ITV's This Morning with a statement over the weekend. But what does this mean for the hit daytime talk show? And reports of Harry and Meghan being involved in a high-speed car chase with paparazzi while in New York at the weekend has reignited, well, that whole thing. In other news, we have tons of TV recommendations, both old and new, to ensure you have plenty to watch this week. So let's get stuck in. Welcome back to a new episode. We're joined this week by a very regular guest, but not a very regular speaker on the podcast, Cassie Delaney, right-hand woman. How are you? It's great to talk to you properly. It's glorious. You've got me at a good time now, Orla, because I'm just like an hour post a massage. I'm very, very chilled. Paint paint an audio picture for where you are right now, what you're doing. I am living my best life. I'm on the island of Icaria in Greece. I am Icar- Lydia's mouthing at me that it's Icaria, Icaria. So I'm ignorant as fuck, but I am having a wonderful time. I'm super chilled. We're away for a couple of days and it's one of the world's blue zones. It's worth exploring. I read about it in a book called Ikigaya. We came across loads of TikTok videos about it. We felt compelled to the island and here we are. It's wonderful. Wow. I'm picturing like the opening scene of Mamma Mia where like everyone's like running around and super blue skies and just beautiful and people are break- breaking out into song and it sounds like Orla, my commitment to ABBA may have been a part of the reason why we <laughs> chose to come here. There was some scenes from Mamma Mia filled on, filmed on the island and I did purchase a vintage Levi's jumpsuit that just didn't arrive in time so that I could live my Meryl Streep fantasy. <laughs> so um, unfortunately, I haven't been able to live that out just yet, Aww. but I will be back. 
Okay, well, that's as good a reason as any, really, to go back, isn't it? Like, let's yeah. be real. Look, um, um, well, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that actually is confirmed. So there, keep your eyes peeled. Um, I am so apologetic that you have to jump on and talk about this this week while you're on your holidays. Very interesting stories, though. So I'm hoping that you're, like, as eager to get into the meat of it as I am. Um, We're revisiting a story from last week, not that long ago. It has moved much quicker than we expected and much quicker than we guessed last week. And that is Philip Schofield and him confirming this weekend that he would be stepping down from his long running gig as the host of This Morning after 20 years, after ongoing kind of drama and crisis talks and fallouts on set reportedly with his co-host, Tyler Willoughby. This has been like, this was a big story last week when we covered it. I was seeing it everywhere, but this has like permeated deeper into like pop culture news now. Like I'm seeing a lot of pop culture uh, commentators from the US covering this on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Like I'm seeing people that I I don't think would have ever entered this sphere now all of a sudden get very interested in who this guy is and what the story is. I feel like it, your feed is probably the same. Yeah, like my TikTok feed is completely taken up with this and chatter about this. I feel like it's a real life, you know, this morning. I mean, it is this morning. Um, what, that is what the, what's the Apple TV one called? The morning show. It's oh, the morning show. Yeah, yeah. Morning show playing out. So people are looking into it for like nuance and deeper stuff there. There's a lot of rumors circling around what potentially has happened here. There's a couple of things, obviously, we know, and you covered it last week really, really well. But um, the rumors this week, being about Holly being completely blindsided as to Philip's brother's trial and conviction and what he was up against. And also the rumors circulating that the injunction that Philip had against the press reporting on any sort of suspicion about relationships he may or may not have had with younger staff members and showrunners on the show. Apparently that injunction is being lifted in the coming days. So the press are going to have a lot more fodder on this. So the, I suppose the anticipation is that there is something nefarious that is going to come out about Philip Schofield, which is hard to think there isn't given the immediacy with which he ended his, his presenting gig. I mean, to be there for 20 years and to just have like a random Thursday be your last day. I know they don't do the Friday morning show, but like to just yeah. announce on a Saturday that you're not going to be back. Yeah. It's just, it is. It, there is something really, really weird 100%. about the whole scenario. Yeah. No, the pair, I mean, the pair signed off on Thursday saying like, see you on Monday, like heading into the weekend, the belief or maybe the hope was that they would come back next week and maybe this would simmer down. And by Saturday midday, a statement had been posted. He made the comment that, uh, you know, he loved to cover the the stories that matter to the audience on this morning and that this morning had become the story. So in honour to protect the show that he has worked on for so long and loved, he thought it was best that he step away. He it was an interesting statement though, right? Like it came out, mm. Holly then posted a, a kind of a follow-up statement kind of praising Philip and his 20 years in the show and that she would miss him and it wouldn't be the same and all this kind of stuff. Looks, okay, look, things went a bit bad and he stepped away, whatever. But you you got to look into his lack of mention of Holly at all in the statement was incredibly curious. Mm-hmm. Him saying that I'm stepping down with immediate effect, him trying to kind of take control of a narrative that is so clearly outside of his control, like, there wasn't a sense of honesty about, you know, me, we have discussed it and we feel the best thing for us to do is to go our separate ways. Like he was very much trying to own the narrative that I have stepped away. And this comes yeah. after weeks, as we reported last week, of crisis talks with the studio, 
him reportedly hiring a new PR firm, him and his own lawyer is kind of drafting statements about um, the kind of tension between himself and Holly, which she was reportedly very upset about that he put out a statement without consulting her. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a lot of smoke. There's a lot of smoke. And this obviously comes off the back of months of kind of stories that have been, you know, dredging up this kind of toxic work environment question. But also what you mentioned there, this this kind of bad, this hold on the tabloids from covering these rumors of grooming and an inappropriate relationship with an, yeah. with an underage uh, runner on the show, which have been well documented in the tabloids, but also like the the legitimate things that we do know, which is that co-stars and co-presenters have kind of come out and said that the, the work environment was toxic. We mm-hmm. believe that Ruth Langsford made a, an official complaint two years ago to ITV about his behavior I mean, Eamon Holmes is now taking whatever mic he can get and spewing like just untold hatred about about. There's a lot like this is a lot. There's a lot more to come from this. Random, not random stars, but like even the likes of Rita Ora saying, like, I've been saying this for years, that he's not pleasant. He's not nice to work with or whatever else. And so it is definitely interesting what's going to come out of it. And I think that um, like maybe... I like to, I, I do want to believe that Holly Willoughby has been blindsided by a lot of this and that she hasn't been complicit in his behavior all these years. You know, they've worked together for 14 years. I'd like to think that like a lot of the stuff that's coming out is news to her and that's what has warranted this reaction from her and that she's just like, I can't stand by you anymore. Um, But yeah, it will be really, really, really interesting to see what stories unfold. So far, I think the response from ITV, though, has been particularly interesting because they have not yet distanced themselves from him. Even though he's like 61 and he's like near retirement, this would be a really clean break for them to just say, look, he's taking retirement. We look forward to working with him on like a casual basis or whatever in the future. But during this announcement that he wouldn't be coming back to this morning, they announced that he would take up a prime time or peak time show and that he would be working with them on something else and that he would uphold his duties presenting the soap awards. And is he still with Dancing on Ice and he still co-hosts Dancing on Ice with Holly? Well, I I presume Dancing on Ice is until January, right? So I presume they're Mm. just going to wait the clock out for that one and like revisit that. But, But even what you're saying there about those shows, like, it felt really definitive of them to say, to confirm that he would be remaining on those gigs. And to me, that read like an agreement made between his lawyers and their lawyers that we want an assurance that those gigs are safe. We want you to verbalize that to the, to the fans. Mm. Like that, that didn't feel like a regular statement. You know, it didn't feel like they were just talking about his work on this morning and we've loved working with him and something vague like, and we look forward to working on other planned productions in the yeah. future it was very deliberate to name those specific projects I thought yeah but even to guarantee like a, a peak time show that hasn't been announced yet that is obviously only a concept is only something that has been thrown in no- negotiations at the moment just feels feels like a very very strange thing to do yeah like, it, the whole thing like the whole thing is fishy like it yeah. is such a weird weird thing to even to have like even that the the relationship between the two has soured to the point that they cannot like, you know, present the last couple of days of the show together. They couldn't give them one more week or one more final goodbye, like one week where they could have faked it. Um, And also, so Holly wasn't on the show this morning. Now it is like half term in the UK, 
And she does usually take holidays, I believe, around school term times and stuff like that. But like, was that a planned break? Because like, yeah. So the belief is that she, like you say, she normally takes school term off. She had said on Thursday, signing off from the show that we'll see you on Monday. The belief is that she was going to do this week and then take the following week off Mm -hmm. and that she has pulled that break earlier. Um, Alison Hammond and Dermot O'Leary filled in this morning. They made a very like weird statement at the top of the show. It felt like he had died. It was so bizarre. It was was like images of him, but it wasn't even like images of of him or like videos of him on the show, like where they spoke over. It was like his like, like his press shots, like, you know, like his, with a a green screen behind him. Like it was, it was the weirdest thing. Um, It was about 30 seconds. And like, I watch, I like have it on in the the sitting room when I'm working from home every day because I just think it's like, mad thing to watch and I remember about six months ago a longtime director on this morning had done like I don't know like a thousand episodes or no that that's actually probably very small but like he had done a really long stint on the show yeah and they did like a 15 minute segment at the end of the show about this guy who and it's no dis- disrespect to the people behind the camera is relatively unknown yeah. or nobody cares about at home but it was this big song and dance which was deserved because he had worked on the show for so long Loads of presenters came in. They did video links to thank him. They played clips of work that he had done previously. Like, this was a director who probably served a similar stint to Philip Schofield. And Philip Schofield got 30 seconds. Now, you could tell from that 30 seconds that Alison Hammond and Dermot O'Leary were, like, a bit emotional. They Like, she definitely looked emotional. Do you think I, that, I thought they just felt, unco- like, they read as really uncomfortable. I think it read like they really didn't want to do it and that yeah. it was just like really, really awkward. And they kind of maybe knew that this was something that was going to, if anything comes back to bite them in the ass, that like they're going to be seen to be publicly out there in support of him. And maybe that's a weird thing to do. But like just even thinking through it there and like listen to you speak about like that director's gig and whatever else, like something bad. They know they they know that something bad has to be coming because like for them to not even allow Philip to come back and do one more show and let Holly yeah. take the week off. They don't have to present it together, but let him come back and do one big show, have the emotional fanfare goodbye, like the final sign off, you know, when people get to do the emotional, my last show, it has been a pleasure serving you all and yada, yada, yada. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, there's got to be something. I mean, yeah. you probably already know what it is and there's, there has been I, a look- lot of, stuff circulating there's the stuff that that's been circulating for years right but i think there's going to be a lot of toxic work environment type stuff Mm. like ellen degeneres type stuff that's going to come forward like just a horrible atmosphere on set because it there was murmurs of this about two years ago and it was quickly silenced i mean ruth langsford and eamon holmes were pulled off the show um like they brought in a whole new bunch of faces to try and Mm -hmm. like dull that conversation down it's also the the kind of setup of this departure. So we have Philip's kind of statement suggesting that it was his decision to step away. We have ITV saying that he will be working on other projects coming up shortly. We have Holly then taking the week an extra week off and coming back in two weeks' time. We have this weird 30-second statement about his departure, which was this attempt to be hugely emotional, but just felt really bizarre. But this is also combined with the fact that he is getting a serious payout. He's going to get six months wages, um, which will be roughly around £300,000. Like this is a, this this reeks of hush money to me. Like it just reeks of like, 
you go your way, we'll go ours. This is what we're both saying. You're getting a decent payout. Like, let's just call this a win for everybody. Like, it just feels, it just reeks like. It does. It's just, just something so fishy and so suspicious about it. And like, the thing is, yeah, like the, they're obviously all lawyering up. They're all protecting themselves. They will do their absolute, up, like their best to just make sure that this is managed the way it is. And maybe we'll never know. And they maybe like it can be whatever is revealed can be like swept under the carpet because he won't have like the full weight of ITV behind him or like they'll not be, they'll not need to make statements on it or whatever. I don't know. It's going to, it's just, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how it plays out and really interesting to see what Holly does when she comes back after her two weeks off because in the grand scheme of things that it should be old news by then, but like, will she acknowledge him as, you know, someone who has presented with him for 14 years. There's also like all this other stuff, like taking the the rumors aside, there was talk about, um, you know, the viewership dropping by about 100,000 viewers there last week or in the last couple of months. A lot of different reasons for that, like daytime TV in the UK desperately suffers when there's a heat wave or there's like good weather anyway, because people go out and about. So like it yeah. really fluctuates. But for them to even be noticing a drop of about 100,000 100, viewers is really, really significant. Then when Philip had the time off during his brother's trial, people were um, commenting on how good a pairing Alison Hammond and Holly Willoughby were together and calling yeah. for them to take over the, the presenting of the gig full time. So it will be really, really, I think it will be really telling about whether ITV bring in a new co-host for her or whether they do what they say and increase the rota of the existing yeah. kind of this morning family and bring people into, into daytime stuff as well, whether they bring Dermot and Alison in. A little yeah. bit more during the week. Um, because if they bring in a co-host for her and someone new to come in, then you will start knowing that a lot of what they're saying in this statement is just lies. And it's just yeah. pacifying the public and trying to pull attention away from yeah. whatever's really going on. Yeah, I think, I feel like they might bring in some faces for the first few weeks as a kind of an audition mm-hmm. process. And I think that will filter in with the people that we kind of know about, like Alison Hammond, Rochelle Humes, those people who are on regularly with her anyway, to try and find that right fit. Because I think, I mean, it is one of the biggest gigs in daytime TV in the UK, if not the biggest gig. And that's got to be in a safe pair of hands. I mean, they, Philip and Holly have been winning awards for the show as a duo for years now. Like it's, it was publicly joked about at award shows, how much it was guaranteed to go to Holly and Philip. So it's, it's a big like pivot to make. And I feel like they will take their time with it. I feel like they will take up to the summer, potentially like, I don't know when they do their summer break. I think it's like end of August um, where they kind of start, they start like their new season in September. So they might like do it right across the summer with the idea that they would revamp in September with like a new look and feel and new host. They might entirely rebrand, like changing all the logo and the and the you know the intros and all that kind of stuff, which Bring were wiped young, fresh off. Talent. <laughs> young fresh talent, you know, a bit of diversity. Like it's it's also a good opportunity for them to do that because it's hard to to kind of with a, a show like that. I presume you have such loyal everyday viewers, you don't want to upset them too much by shifting the balance. And I suppose this presents a uniquely a unique opportunity for them to kind of switch that up. I yeah. wonder what Holly how Holly is going to approach this in two weeks time, because like you say, it should be enough time for this to kind of die down. But given it feels like there is 
a lot more to come. It could be mm-hmm. still as fraught as it is now by the time she returns. And she's done her statement now about him. I have a feeling yeah. that she'll come on and take the kind of line of like, you know, thank you so much for all your support. Like, I really appreciate it. This During this transitionary period. Yeah, and we're not yeah, a family yeah. without you. Yeah, but I don't think she will mention, I don't think she will continue to praise Philip. I think she'll come back and be like, that is it now. I've made my statement. I've taken two weeks off. I am moving on with whatever this is going to be because like she's top dog in there now. Like she is like undoubtedly top dog. And I mean, she had a huge amount of power before, but it was definitely shared. And she's in, she, I think this goes to show how much people, how, how big she was in that partnership. Like how it was yeah. really just like it was Holly and Philip was like a really, 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 really good sidekick to her. And like someone who set her up for a lot of humor, but she's the nation's sweetheart. And I think she'll come out of this. The only thing that we need to be like concerned about is like it is such a difficult task to try and pair two people to present together because yeah. what they had was this like mutual appreciation I think of each other like you could very clearly see that they had a lot of respect and love for each other up until recent months or whatever but like over the last couple of years they had a really really good friendship and there was no one ego was not bigger than the other like they really set each other up supported each other and I could the only person I think that they could bring in and instantly have that with Holly would be Fern Cotton because they're friends yeah friends since they were really really young but would ITV pull out all the stops to get Fern Cotton away from the BBC. And as well, like there are norms in this kind of space that we has, we saw discussed on the morning show. And those norms are real. A male-female duo on a morning show is important for viewership. And that mm. balance of male female energy and all and what that looks like and the the stories that can come from that both you know all the kind of suggestions of them what all that kind the of stuff yeah all love. of that kind of stuff covering various different issues they have a person there because you know issues mm. can only be divided by gender like that of course. is yeah that's also to be factored in because if you have a double female lineup then you would probably see a bulking out of male kind of you know the the chefs will be male the news guys will be male it'll just be a little bit more of a bulking up of like like maybe they'll have a third who's kind of a regular every day that would probably be a male they would probably try and find that balance of like you know what's diverse but just norm enough that we're not going to upset the gals who are watching us every morning with their cup of tea which i mean they are the loyal viewers and you have to give them what they need as well so it's going to be really interesting to see how they vet people will they actually pick from within the family or will they bring someone in i know they had but like they shouldn't break up the other pairings that are there like dermot and allison yeah. work so well together if they want to stir shit up really stir shit up and spill up anton deck and just like <laughs> one of them in, you know can you like, imagine be gas, <laughs> there was reports like that they were being eyed for it like i just don't know what you do with holly then because she is too big to lose. And I would say there are other TV networks now swirling. I know they re-signed yeah. the contracts only a couple of years ago. So she's definitely tied in for probably another three to four years. But like... Oh, yeah. Is- like I think that's where they want to keep her happy. Like, because she's married to a huge producer as well. Yeah. Who does stuff for BBC. Yeah, I think is he's it? the BBC, yeah. I think. Yeah. 
Like those networks are going to be like this is their opportunity to make a pitch because normally at this point in the contract there would be no point like she's not even halfway through her contract. Yeah. Like why would you but this is a time of such turbulence if there are rumors of potentially her being ousted or maybe other people are like you know but it's her, you risky know what I mean? for her. It's really risky for her to stick around yeah. because if they pair her with the wrong person and she doesn't have that energy or they bring in someone new or they bring in someone who's they, they just don't match it could be yeah. her downfall and people could very quickly start not stop not liking her or they could, you know, it, it, there's so many ways that she can be set up to be a villain if it doesn't work out with a new co-host, yeah. whether she's too cold or she's, you know, not a big enough personality. I'm literally describing the plot of the morning show. So it's, li- no, it's literally <laughs> that. It's, same, it's literally it? that. And it's the same. It is. Yeah. It's, it's like, and that stuff doesn't come out of nowhere. Like, daytime producers write on that show you know what I mean like it makes sense for it to feel like it's it's real and like I saw the clip of I'm not sure if you saw it as well of of Eamon Holmes you know talking about her getting her career off the back of Philip Schofield and I think that's a very dismissive way of looking at her career she had a very established presenting career before taking on this morning but it did I mean it did she took it on in her early 30s it was a very unusual decision for someone of her age to make because Previously, it was kind of, you know, 40 plus were hosting this morning and she felt very young. She was kind of on things like Celebrity Juice and things like that that kind of kept her very young. And it did feel like, oh, you're really aging yourself into into a kind of a TV space that you have like 10 years to get into. But really, it built her. It's it's given her longevity because she could grow into that space and now has so much time after that to do with it what she will. I mean, I think she's only like 41, 45 or something. Is she? I think she's 45. Like, she's still incredibly young and has, like, she's not at a point in her career where people will be saying, like, oh, well, she's too old for that show, too old for that show, as they do in telly. I think she made a very smart decision to kind of future proof her career. 100%, because then it set her up for like primetime evening. Yeah stuff she could have gone anywhere there was no there is no show that is off limits like obviously the younger stuff like love island you're like that's hollywood is too far beyond yeah. that kind of stuff too even clean. with their big stock but like there was nothing stopping her from taking on she could take on a saturday night family program she could she could do britain's got talent whatever the next big primetime uk show is yeah i mean she's already there that's the thing like her her potential is limitless, so it was a really, really smart thing for her to do. She could be the late, late presenter, you know? Like she could Sorry, be... Patrick Keelty, get out of that chair. Holly Willoughby's taking it. Can you imagine? Yeah. That's so note, How disappointing are you? Oh, like how just... Honestly, people like, this was the most boring story like to watch unfold over the last five years of my life. Like, I don't care. I don't yeah. care. The only the thing that show me is hailed. that Kat Dealey might move to Dublin. Yeah, because it gets us one step closer to Real Housewives of Dublin, right? Like, it absolutely yeah. does. But, like, I don't care. The Late Late Show is not this, like, pillar of Irish society that it once was. Like, I, like, I get into fights with people about this every fucking Christmas when I'm like, I don't care about the toy show. I don't care no, about I don't. the toy show. I'm with you on this. I'm if you have kids this. and if you have kids and you're in that space, I totally get. I don't get grown adults like me that don't have kids that are just like, oh, but I just love watching it. Why? Why? 
like explain it to me why like yeah no they it's, just it's, take the piss now with these kids like it's so yeah i the fucking late late show thing drives me mental. since I, since they lost gay it hasn't been the same the toy show has never been the same it yeah. is so disappointing i'm so with you on it i think that the late late shows lost its magic not that it ever really had it but like years ago i think like the closer yeah. you get the proximity of people on the late late like when you're talking to people yeah and they're like you know you're out for a drink with them and they're like always oh, on the late late or like i'm going out and like you're just yeah. like it's just no. the illusion is gone like it's there just... is oh uh, no actually i can't say it on here i was gonna say <laughs> i was gonna say there was a person on it there about like i don't know seven years ago that as soon as that happened i was like nah this isn't real you know who it is we're not gonna say it on mic <laughs> there was a person i actually can't i can't think of one specific one because i can think of so many uh, yeah. just like and look so many no like so many people i love and admire and work with have been on the late late and we're like your stars and i will go and i'll watch their segment on the rt player app yeah. thing and be like whatever <laughs> No, but I'm like, that's the only good thing to do is when you know someone on it, well, you know, you have to watch yeah. it. You have to reference it because the late lane is such a big deal. You have to be like, yeah, yeah, well yeah. done on the late lane. Yeah. Like you can go to the RT player app and just, they have the segments of people being on it. Yeah. You can just, you can just watch the five minutes. Yeah. You don't have you don't to watch need- the full fucking three hours. <laughs> you don't need to do it to yourself. Night. Yeah. But yeah, Patrick Keelty. I mean, a-, a Love Island star to the late late. Do you remember him hosting Love Island, the original oh series? Oh my God. Yeah. But it's just, he's not going to know anybody. Like he's not gonna know, he's not gonna have his ear to the ground and what's and going like, on. So I just don't know if like, and this is, and it's the same thing for this morning. It's like picking the right person. Like, are how are the audience going to feel about him coming in? Because he's not like a familiar, like he's not like a household name to like your everyday Joe Soap. Like he's just not. not. Like we know no. him from kind of just like the wider showbiz circle. Of- I personally got to know him on Love Island, the original series with Kelly Brook and Fern Cotton one season. And like, that's my entry point. But I'm like, like if I text my mom right now, who's Patrick Keelty, she'd probably just say the new Late Late Show host, but she wouldn't know. Yeah, she wouldn't have any other reference. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't, it's going to be very And I know it's desperate as well, but I had like the same, when it was announced, I was like, is he Irish or Scottish? Like, I can't remember. Like, you know, he just doesn't feel like one of us. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's a terrible yeah. thing to say. <laughs> it was just when everyone started coming out with their statements being like, I've removed myself from the running. I was like, all right, Mary McCallan, thanks for letting yeah, us know. Yeah, but I was like, are they, were, they, were there only two women you could find? Of course there were. Literally, like, literally. Miriam, Miriam, Miriam and Claire. Claire. <laughs> so you better give it to a man. We couldn't find any women. It's, it's such Claire a classic. Miriam, like, I, know. I would love to hire a woman for the job. I just can't find any of yeah. them. <laughs> Where are all the women? that could do this job i just don't know yeah just they're just silly. not qualified enough i want the best person for the job regardless of their gender <laughs> oh, preferably male yeah oh, i mean it's me it's not an easy thing to pass a show that has history that has a, a viewership that you need to like carefully manage over to someone new it'll be interesting to see how holly i would say she's going to take on more responsibility and more and I don't know what their titles were. I don't know where they producers. I don't know if they mm-hmm. had that kind of influence on this morning. If she didn't, I would imagine that that's part of the conversation there, that she wants like some kind of producer say, like she wants some kind of voice at the table before it comes to like, you know, prepping for the show and all that kind of, like I, yeah. I may actually, I'd probably be surprised if she doesn't already have that. Like they're fucking billionaire. Like they're so, they make so much money off of, this and like all of their other projects like it's crazy and like her earnings are going to be hit by this because it puts dancing on ice 
kind of that hit show under like a microscope like yeah. they're no longer this package deal that's easily sold in for something you know we shall see i don't know it's definitely interesting and how the tabloids we know the uk tabloids are particularly misogynistic and heinous on women so like how they are going to react to her and put her under a microscope yeah. now is going to be really yeah. telling and can it's it's just going to be a really really tough time for her and i yeah. hope that she comes through it because she seems sound yeah but i don't know her you know you don't know her and it'll be interesting to see what does come out over the next few weeks and whether there was you know because the like the belief is that she didn't know about a lot of this stuff i would imagine there's a bit of gray area there that she probably knew a little bit sooner than we knew she knew but like well, look if it's that's where we get relationships into. if it's relationships with 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 co-workers it's very hard to not mm. to not know you know yeah yeah very very if the, hard if to those, say you didn't know that. if those studio walls could talk i'd mm-hmm. say they would be some good stories um yeah, I feel like we're going to have more on this. We're probably going to cover it again over the next few weeks um, when there is more news, when we hear more about who's taking over. Um, but for right now, let's move on. Another story that's like been kind of all over my feed. And like, I just don't, I don't, I have no interest in Harry and Meghan. I want them to go live their life happily. I am happy for them that they have found that space, that they can do that in the US. Like delighted for them, happy for their safety, happy for their beautiful kids. I do not care about their every fucking step in this world. But this story about a car chase and paparazzi swarming them in New York has kind of rolled over the last couple of days because of conflicting stories about what happened, the severity of what happened, like the kind of the minute details. Um, There's been conflicting accounts about this incident where Mm -hmm. their spokesperson has described it as a near catastrophic car chase. um, And it has since emerged. uh, Sorry, he said this after it emerged that it was um, after happening on on Wednesday. The New York police have said that numerous photographers have made uh, had made the couple's journey on Tuesday evening challenging, but added that there was no reported collisions uh, injuries or arrests. A taxi driver who bl- briefly was involved and was driving the couple said the paparazzi were not being aggressive. Pho- photographers have also denied parts of the couple's um, accounts. But it's very, it's weird because there's clips of Harry like filming this incident on his phone inside the car. They came out and made a very strong statement. They went to the police station to like change cars. They basically were at a award ceremony. Megan was being honored um, at that ceremony in New York. They were staying with a friend in the city and to avoid kind of security concerns, they like looped around kind of a few blocks a couple of times to try and lose paparazzi. They didn't. Um, and then they eventually went to a New York, New York police department, um, a police station, sorry, where they switched vehicles in another attempt to get away. This is when they got into the taxi driver's car. He said they were kind of visibly distressed and very nervous, but he didn't think there was anything, you know, that they were, the paparazzi weren't being aggressive was kind of the words that he yeah. that he used. Um, but Harry and Meghan have since come out and said a ring of highly aggressive paparazzi uh, followed them over the course of two hours. It was a relentless pursuit, they called it, that resulted in multiple near collisions involving other drivers on the road, pedestrians and two NYPD officers. Now, this kind of doesn't, this isn't conflicting with what everyone else is saying. They're saying that there was no actual collisions, yeah. there was near collisions. They were saying that it went on for a very long period of time. 
their definition of highly aggressive might be different to someone else's definition of highly aggressive. So mm-hmm. for me, it's the it's the the willingness to come out and be like they're lying, they're making up this story, they're using you know what happened to Diana and her death, and they're making it a, a kind of a, a ploy for sympathy that they're going through the same thing. And I don't actually think, I mean, like we could copy and paste this onto so many stories, but like it's just not fair. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't think, I think there's like, there's obviously three sides to every story. There's their side, the paparazzi side and the truth. Like, I think that they were probably like, it's was very aggressive and it was relentless. The paparazzi yeah. probably pushed it too far. And then we're like, ah, no, we didn't. There's more of them to protect each other. So like, yeah. you know, there's probably a half a dozen or a dozen of them saying that it wasn't that bad. People making excuses. There's a lot of like, that's par for the course when you're part of the royal family and whatever else. But I mean, if if they felt like it was an aggressive pursuit or they felt like maybe aggressive isn't the right word, but if they felt like it was relentless, which for two hours circling someone or chasing yeah. someone does feel a little bit relentless. You know, it does. Um, it, it feels like there probably was something in it that was desperately uncomfortable or whatever. It's completely, I think, unacceptable in this day and age to be still chasing people, celebrities yeah. or not, in cars to get a to get a photo. And then I think part of the, you know, part of the the story was that they had asked the photo agency to release all photos to them. And the photo agency kind of like released a statement laughing, basically being like, you know, in the in the yeah. US, whoever owns the property, it's their property. Like they don't have to hand it over to someone just because they demand it, which I think is really disgusting because it brings up this whole other debate about, you know, who owns the right to your image, whether it's the photographer yeah. or you yourself. There's a great essay by M. Rata in, um, I think it's The Cut, about this kind of yeah. stuff and trying to like own your own image. Um, but I, I just find that whole, like, I, I think that being able to take a photograph of someone without their consent as they're moving about their day-to-day life is disgusting. So I kind of, as much as I just do not give a shit about Harry and Meghan, I do not care. I could like easily never yeah. hear from them again and my life be completely unaffected. That's not yeah. to say I dislike them. I just find them so boring I don't care um I do I'm kind of falling on their side on this one like just leave them alone and also just leave them alone so they go out of the news cycle and we don't have to hear about them yeah honestly and I mean as well like it's not as if like it's not as if they didn't pose for paparazzi there was a step and repeat at the at the event that they attended Mm -hmm. there was plenty of shots of them kind of entering the venue and exiting the venue like they were there with Megan's mother. She had was also snapped while they were entering and exiting the venue. I don't understand what added, you know, it wasn't as if they tried to slip in and out of the event and this was the only shot that the paparazzi could get. And then you could potentially understand the thought process of like, they're out in New York, we need to get a, a picture. But they had gotten, they had been there for hours and they had taken yeah. plenty of images. There was loads to to run with. And again, like this idea of like, oh, it wasn't aggressive or it was aggressive or whatever people like, firstly, that's totally like personal to decide what you feel is aggressive or not. Mm-hmm. Like if you feel if you feel vulnerable at, during that kind of like that is your prerogative to feel that way. But also like we the, the public, especially here in the UK, had such this like huge well of sympathy for Harry and William about losing their mother the way they did Mm -hmm. and like you know they really this idea that they were like the nation's sons and they were to be cared for and the princes and all this kind of stuff like 
that has just evaporated like this idea that Absolutely. being put in a very similar situation whether you think it was aggressive or not would make would trigger some feelings and would definitely have you feeling some kind of anxiety given the temperature of the conversations that have been had over the last kind of two years with him he's just back from um the coronation where i'm sure he faced a lot of tough conversations but also a lot of probably heckling from different members of the public yeah like i don't i just it feels it feels weird um like you said, the agency backwards said it was investigating the conduct of four freelance photographers. They said that they want to point out that according to the photographers present, there were no near collisions or near crashes during the incident. The photographers, photographers have reported feeling that the couple was not in immediate danger at any point. Um, they also told BBC News that they turned in a request from Harry and Meghan to hand over the photos, film and video taken by the freelance photographers. And yeah, like you said, they made some comment about in this country we don't hand it over no matter if you're kings or not or what so, some reference yeah, some like to that effect where it's just yeah. like he's he's left the royal family he's doing what he can like just leave him alone and also like they have yeah i think just going back to the point about like them being chased in a car is traumatic for him and probably for her because no one no royal adjacent person has been persecuted in the media as much as diana was until Megan so like it's all got to be very very triggering and difficult for them to go through that but like they have given us every bit of fodder for their lives they have done podcasts they've sat down with Oprah they've done what was a four-part six-part or whatever too many part Netflix documentary they've got that she did that Spotify show he released one of the worst books in the history of writing ever like did you read or listen I did. I just, I couldn't avoid it. I didn't sit down and do any of it. All I kept getting was like, I can hear him say my toja because yeah. I, it came across <laughs> it in so many places. It'd be like trying to avoid succession. Like you cannot live on this planet and not know yeah. about spare and succession in this yeah. zeitgeist. Yeah. It is desperate. Um, so like they have given us everything they could possibly have. You're not going to get any more out of them. They are just boring. There is yeah. nothing there. Nothing. If there was something yeah. interesting about them, it would have come up by now. Yeah. I just wonder like where, where eventually this is going to fizzle out and eventually they will become kind of fringe members of the royal family. It will pop up every couple of years, but they really won't mm-hmm. draw that much attention. In the same way that Sarah Ferguson is like that, that she was kind of highly controversial for a while. She now kind of appears on talk shows here, there and everywhere and nobody yeah. really worries too much about her. Like they're going to become that kind of just like, oh yeah, look, she's there over in London for this or whatever. Like, what was yeah. she doing? Okay, grand. Or, oh, they're pregnant again. Okay, fine. I just don't get this. I don't understand how the fever pitch like coverage is still so high. Like, I don't understand. Like, Gail King has come out and being like, it's so upsetting to see people discredit their story and like, you know, make out as if they're being dramatic. And it's like, who are these people who are like, get I over it? Just- like, I think it's just it's still there because it's coming from both sides of the Atlantic. Like you have the British tabloids are interested and you have American news are so interested in them as well, because like yeah. the Americans seem to still just be fascinated, not at all disillusioned by the British royals. Um, you can probably blame the Hallmark fucking Christmas movies oh, with Vanessa yeah. Hudgens for that or like any of those like European royalty fantasies that they have um yeah and i think that that's it's probably just it's being picked up from 
from those. And I, I don't know what the temperature is like for Meghan Markle in the States, but like she must be liked to some degree for, you know, she keeps getting commissioned for Spotify stuff, for Netflix things. You know, I'm sure she'll have a book out in no time. You yeah. know, I think that it's just it's just that kind of dual pressure coming from both sides that keeps people interested. British tabloids are going to cover anything where they think they'll get American clicks. The usual, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was just tedious. And I feel like this is there's another kind of link to this about some hotel. Apparently, this came out in the last week as well. That apparently Harry has some like hotel room that he goes to to like get away from Megan. It's like, oh, how convenient that this came out this week when all of a sudden yeah, people are like interested the, again. The only thing interesting about this story is I saw one sub, you know, like the subtitle, the sub headline. Yeah. Someone called it a spare B&B. And I was like, that's really <laughs> funny. That's the funniest thing I've ever seen in reference to Harry and Meghan. Um, but I just don't believe that to be true. Like if they yeah. wouldn't have, you know, they've been cut off from the royal family. Yes, they're making loads of money through all their content deals and whatever else. You're not going to have a hotel room on standby. The nature of hotel rooms is that you can call one when you need it and it yeah. be there, you know. Like this is hospitality is wild, like that. Yeah, it's wild, yeah. you know. Like it's not going to be. Doesn't have a permanent rental on a hotel room. That is stupid. That is not how hotels work. Yeah. So I just completely disregarded that. That is not a story. And that's coming to you from someone who is currently in a hotel, in a hotel. on her holiday. So like, who knows better? Like, who knows better than Cassie? Um, right, let's co- move on to our loves of the week. There was no other really major headlines that kind of made me smile. We did cover late, late, so that's kind of a bonus one for you there. You're welcome. Loves of the week, Cassie. You said you had a few, so let's let's start with you. What, what yes. are you okay, so I've checked out a couple of new TV shows that have been like highly anticipated. My top rating for you, and you need to get on it if you haven't yeah. already, Silo yeah. on Apple TV, so good. So it is okay. set in a kind of dystopian, apocalyptic, well, we don't really know, dystopian sort of future where the last remaining inhabitants of Earth live in this underground silo. So it's like this purpose-built silo that's been created by the founders. There's been some rebel dispute that has happened a hundred years prior to where we are in the story. So nobody okay. understands the history of the silo and why it's there. They just believe that when you exit, you face instant death, that there's toxic gas out there. Okay. From episode one, we kind of get the idea that not all is as it seems, but it's a very interesting kind of um it's just a very interesting view of authority that nobody understands why they're there, but they're too afraid to leave and they won't question anything, even though the people who put them there are long gone. So it's like unfolding very dramatically sci-fi kind of, if you liked, I say, if you like Handmaid's Tale, if you like The Last of Us, okay, I think this is a show for you. Good cast really as well. Good. Rashida Jones, Harriet Walter, who's in Succession that we just mentioned, Tib Robbins is in there. Like, it's a good cast. Yeah, yeah. Rebecca Ferguson is a producer and stars in it. There's the, It's really interestingly done in the first two episodes in that, like, your main character for the first episode isn't your main character in the second, but I'm not going to give any spoilers. Okay. So you are meeting a lot of the cast and going through um, 
going through the story in a very, very, very interesting way. A lot of familiar faces. We were seeing some, you know, yeah. some Game of Thrones actors. Like it is, it is very, very good. I would imagine a very big budget uh, show for Apple based on the set yeah. and everything else we're seeing. But it's brilliant. It's based on a film. I think the film is actually on Prime. If anyone wants to just like skip straight in and yeah. get what the story is about. Um, but it's I'm really, really enjoying it. So, so far. So far, very, very good. Don't know how many episodes are coming. It's released weekly, which I hate. I would really like to sit down and binge it all. But it is it is good. Yeah, I feel like Apple TV has been has been really like stuck in the shelves with some good stuff. Do you know what I think it is? Recently, about like, I've been so reluctant to like renew my subscription. I had my free trial and like. Yeah. Can you hear me? There? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you just froze for a second. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. So you're saying I had my free trial. Are you all right? Yeah. Oh, hold on. You're back? No, I can You're hear back? you now. Yeah, I can't see you properly, but I can hear you, I think. Can you Oh, maybe me? if I just, I might just turn off my camera for the last bit. I think oh, the Wi-Fi here can be a bit funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, I can hear you fine now. Okay, Perfect. cool. Um, you um, were just saying you were, um, you were. Let me just say that. Um, renewing your subscription. Oh, Apple TV. About renewing, yeah. 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 Um, I feel like Apple TV have been really like stocking the shelves at like more and more of a reason for people to subscribe. I had, I used my free subscription yonks ago. I didn't renew in an effort to try and minimize how many streamers I'm on. And they're making it increasingly hard to not sign up. Like there's just seems to be a lot. You recommended something again recently or someone else uh, said something else that was on Apple TV recently. And I was like, oh, I want to see that too. Like it's good. It is good. And I think where I am now with stuff is I would actually keep an Apple TV subscription over Netflix. Very, con- really? very controversial. But like when I think of all the things that I'm watching currently, yeah. I'm either watching stuff through Sky from HBO. I'm watching stuff on Apple TV or I'm watching um, Yellow Jackets through Paramount Plus again through Sky. So like there's yeah. not... There's not anything that has brought me into Netflix for a long time in the same way that like I'm hooked on these shows um, yeah. that I'm currently watching. Another top show to recommend. It's kind of a funny one because there's two shows out at the moment. One from Hulu and one okay. from, I think it might be HBO. I'm not sure on that, but they're both covering the same story. It is like a... Uh, murder miss well not a murder mystery it's a murder it's a christian couple candy is the one is one of the series starring jessica beale and the other one is oh Love, yes is starring elizabeth this olsen is the one, elizabeth olsen yeah 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 i think it's called love uh, and death it's something i think funny. you're right it's something like it's like a bit of a twee um a twee title I've watched the first episode of the Elizabeth Olsen one, and that is very, very good. When I saw the trailer for the Jessica Biel one, I was like, that looks absolutely brilliant. I'm going straight in. I loved Jessica Biel yeah. in, um, in, is it The Stranger? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, oh, the one with Bill Pullman. Yeah. I know the one you're on about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's one of those. I was on Melanie Linsky's in her version as well. The Sinner, yeah. the Sinner. 
the sinner, the sinner, exactly. Um, yeah, so it, they're, they both look really, really compelling. And I was kind of weighing up like which to go with first. I just am such an Elizabeth Olsen fan. And like Jesse Pullman is in this one as well. It looks really, really good. Yeah. So I went for the Elizabeth Olsen one. And um, I also know the story really well. We covered it on the Creep Dive years ago. So um, I... Yeah, I'm glad I went with the Elizabeth Olsen one first. The Elizabeth Olsen one is from the producers of Big Little Lies and The Undoing. Remember The Undoing with yeah. Nicole Kidman and and um, that bad man, Hugh. Uh, Hugh. <laughs> Hugh. I mean, that, na- that now is a Brent? <laughs> Two lesbians on a podcast. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> That, they were really good, obviously really, really good shows. Um, so yeah, I'm enjoying that one as well. That's my second move of the week. Nice. Okay, good. Um, I am coming to a show very, like beyond late. It has included a seven season run with many, many years. Um, I have been binging Mad Men, which I never watched before when it was on telly. Um, my partner loved it like she binged it years ago and has always mm. been trying to like get me to watch it and I just never did I just felt like oh like I I don't know why watch anything if I'm going to binge anything why not just binge another series of the housewives but I'm I have very little places left to go so we started a couple weeks ago and I'm just like so frustrated at myself that I didn't watch it sooner it is so good uh we're watching it on prime it's seven series and I think it's always nice to have a show that has like a decent amount of run in it that's finished you, you have like kind of five to eight seasons that like you know when you don't know what to put on or you just want to watch something and you can't be our searching that you're like all throw on an episode of that like it's something in the background to kind of watch and like tip away at and like Mad Men has been doing that for us like there's sometimes that we're like oh just one episode other nights that, like we're bed into it and we're like let's watch four tonight like we're just like can't get enough but it's like yeah. I think it's kind of my version of like the Grey's Anatomy binge that some people do where they just like watch episodes of Grey's Anatomy randomly um that's what I'm doing at the minute with Mad Men and then another show again I'm a little bit late to the game but it's slightly newer it's American Auto I don't know if you have watched this at all it's like it's a sitcom it's really light it's really short like 20 minute episodes which again I think is handy to have something like that there's only so many times I can watch The Office um and it's set in like uh like an automobile company in De- in Detroit and it's like this new C- CEO um has taken over and she's like never worked in the automobile industry before and comedy ensues it's very funny it's very easy 20 minute episodes we're watching it on Sky so I presume you guys can get it in Ireland as well but mm. just another easy thing to throw on when you kind of don't because I feel like I'm kind of between shows at the minute the only other thing I'm betting into is Succession and nobody needs me to talk about that because you might not be it's caught everywhere. up and I don't want to spoil yeah it's, it's everywhere. everywhere um no that is that, I love Mad Men Lydia loves Mad Men I we've, we've also been brought into the binge and um, before I really did think you were going to say there though that your binge was Station 19 and I got really excited um because I am oh those I did not did you watch Station 19 I during like the last couple of months, I was like, I really want to get into Grey's Anatomy. I keep seeing clips on my thing on my TikTok, but I was like, it is just there's like forty years or whatever. It's been on for <laughs> so long. There is no way I can catch up on it. And then I saw this little firefighter spin off, and was like, that's much more approachable. 
seven seasons <laughs> but like the earlier seasons only have 10 episodes not like these 24 or 48 episode seasons that Grey's Anatomy have it is yeah brilliant Orla get into it I was like this will be background noise and there I, I think I was crying because a firefighter has died like oh yeah I mean like a classic a classic like son Shonda Rhimes type feeling I feel like I watched the first season of that and then kind of drifted yeah you gotta stick with it because season three there's like peak gay firefighters you just gotta stick with it I appreciate you ever so much every week but especially this week coming on to talk to me about these stories um we'll be back next week you will too but people won't hear from you so goodbye for now Cassie Thank you so much to this week's guest and full-time producer Cassie Delaney for being here to talk about these stories with us this week. Thank you to you guys for tuning in each and every week. You can find us on Instagram at don'tquoteme.podcast and on TikTok at Orla Condon. Yes, I'm trying. You can also find us on all your favourite podcast apps so you can listen whenever and wherever you like. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode and all of the latest pop culture news. We'll talk to you then. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.